0: Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Carl's back. What's up? Medium-sized Mike is back. What's going on? Coffee Mike's back. Hello. Brother Bob's back. What's up? Silent Ron is back.
1: Hello.
0: (laughs) Mike, would you like to read our Bible verse?
2: You're reading uh, 1 Kings 19, verse 4, from the ESV. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's.
0: The person in this story is Elijah, in case you don't know. And this episode is about spiritual warfare. And I want to start off and say that I got asked about that question a couple times. Like, what is it? And so I'd like to start there with that discussion. Because it seemed like I thought I knew what it was, right? But then the research that I did, there was lots of different answers for it. So like it goes from stress to burnout to roadblocks in your way. And I may and maybe that is it, but uh, that's where I want or, I would like to start the discussion.
1: I agree with you, Ronnie. In my research, I found I was reading that uh, spiritual warfare is anything that the devil himself is trying to put you in, on you to get you off track from following the Lord. And, you know, we aren't talking a lot of, about that anymore in the modern church. Well, a lot of folks won't even admit that we, we have spiritual warfare, and we do. It's out there. You just gotta learn to recognize it and what to do to fight it
0: it's like not recognize it as in like it's happening right but like say it's something else like put a name on it or put a label on
1: it a lot of people like to string things happen for coincidence this happened because of this that and the other spiritual warfare is an attack on the Christian individual It's, it's anything to divert you your focus off of Jesus. And that's what spiritual warfare is.
3: And I would say that attack can be anything from internal emotional turmoil to external attacks from other people. It can be both. Because yeah. that's another error I see is that they can't attack you or touch you. Like the enemy can't touch you, but he can use other people. And that's not necessarily true. He, he, he can cause internal strife with you, right. especially if you open doors to him. You
1: know, we, we grow up being taught people are the enemy. Well, The enemy uses other people to attack us spiritually. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to recognize that. Oh, yeah.
0: And it could be the little things that... The little pebbles that make the waves, right? The little ripple effect that we talk about. And then the little ones become bigger softball-sized. And then they become big boulders. But also, it could be... I mentioned burnout, right? So it could be that you're giving it your all to do whatever God put on your heart to do. And the spiritual warfare part of it is the keep coming. The attacks just keep coming. And by attacks, I'm just saying like the things, right? Right. There's one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing after another thing. And like Elijah, sometimes we got to just take a nap and eat a donut, right? All for the donut. Right? Because, because it, this is me saying this, but like if you keep that wall up and you're doing the right things for the Lord and you keep going and keep going and keep going and you reach that burnout. Then what good are you for the kingdom then if you're just burnt out and that's
2: I you then know, so you're just going back to lip service because you're, you, you're,
0: you're, or, or you don't want to do or you're so so exhausted so tired that you don't want to do it at all
2: right maybe you don't have that behind you you know you don't have all of the the right reasons and things like that because it's just then it's just kind of worrying about making sure your points getting across as opposed to actually doing it for the right reasons right if you don't take that break, if you don't take that step back when you need to.
0: Right. Bob? No, what? Wheels are turning. I see them. Now, uh, you know,
4: of course, Mike's right. You know, the devil's going to do anything he can to drag you away. You know, but we also add to our own by getting too busy mm-hmm. because you know the devil will come at you one way but you'll block him there and then he'll shift right and he'll come in another angle so you know you, you may be trying to block this but yet now he's, now he's making you busy in your life you know you're trying to do everything you're trying mm-hmm. to trying to do everything right you know mm-hmm. you're trying to get everything done you know, and the thing is is when we get too busy we're not glorifying God anyway because we're doing it on our own accord mm-hmm. we're not doing it we're not doing it to glorify God we're doing it to try to further his kingdom but we're trying to do it by ourselves by ourselves our way, right. our way. Yeah. yeah you know and, and when you take when you take God out of the equation, when you take Him out from the being first, as we've been talking, mm-hmm. as we talked to kids yesterday, seek first the kingdom of God, then all righteousness shall be added to you. But when you take that out of the equation and you stop seeking Him first, that just gives the devil a foothold to come in and be like, oh, hey, well, you don't want to put God first? Here, let's put this first. Let's, let's focus on this. Let's get you busy. And he will make it in such a way that you think you're doing God. You, you you really think you're doing God's work, but you are not.
0: See what I'm saying? Yeah. Been there, done that. Because you're not in the moment. Right. You're just going from moment to moment from to, moment, moment, to moment, moment to moment.
4: But you're also, you know, you're not seeking God's wisdom on it. You're right. not praying to Him. You're not talking to Him. So, in other words, you're like, oh, here, God, I'll just take care of this. You, you go do something else. Right. Don't work. And that just that just opens the door up for Satan to come right on in and then he can attack you from whatever angle you want. But the simple fact is is we've taken the armor of God off when we do that. Yep. We've dropped it to the floor. You know that that belt of truth that says gird it up. Well, we forget to put that belt on, the
3: rest of the armor is no good. Mm-hmm. Think kind of business. Busyness is often self-inflicted, too. It is. Because we think we've got to do so much. We've got to constantly do. We have this attitude that if we're not busy doing something, we don't have worth or value. Yeah. Like, right. we don't have value while we rest resting. You know, there's a reason he builds rest into his commandments, because he understands it's important for us. right? And I think we mm-hmm. just think we have to be going balls at the wall non-stop yeah. to be useful, and it makes us less than useful. Right. right. Instead yeah. of doing the one thing he's calling us to do very well, we're doing a hundred things he's not calling us to do. They're good things, but we're only doing them in a mediocre way. And I think if are no, we even doing them in a mediocre way, if that—that's yeah. just it. If that, and if the devil can't get you right to abandon your faith, right. the next best thing is to make you as useless as possible to the kingdom. Absolutely,
4: distract you, hear that, and go after somebody you
3: care about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one way he's going
4: to distract you. Yeah. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, like I said. If he can't get you at this angle, he's going to change directions, and he's going to go it a
1: different way. Brian. The ultimate fucking pusher. Yeah.
4: Well, just like you had brought up, and that's
2: what kept hidden in my mind, was the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. Is It's not just the breastplate. Huh? It's not just the tr- belt. It's not just the, you know, it's everything. Everything, everything together, yeah. and everything is wrapped up in Him. Otherwise, like you said, it's just, you know... It's just useless. Yeah, and useless because he is. He's going to come in another way. The other way he's not going to come, you're back. because he's right. got it. That's
3: right.
0: You Ooh, you should have saved that for the end, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was good. Have you guys ever heard the analogy of the nail? The nail in the house? So, this person had a house, and they, they, wanted, to, they wanted to, well, they, there's a house that they wanted to purchase. That's the analogy. Okay? It's been a while since I've heard this, so it might be a mess. They wanted to purchase a house. And the devil owned the lease on the house. Right? So he agreed to sell on the house. Right? So that they could have this this property. But in the lease agreement, he got to control the nail over the doorway. So the only part of the house he owned was the nail. The person thought, oh, that's fine. I still get the house. Right? I can dwell in the house. I can let righteousness dwell in the house. He only has a nail. What good is that? And then the devil put a dog on it, put a dead dog on it. And over the course of time, because that person allowed the devil to have the nail, and he hanged a dead dog on it, it begins to rot, and it makes the entire house unlivable. Yep. I think that's what we do in our house a lot of times, right? right. We, allow, we, we allow the son to give us the purchase price for our home back, to, de- to, to, to dedicate it back to God, but we allow the devil to have a nail, yep. and he hangs a dead dog on it because we gave it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, often we open up, that's what I mean by opening up doors. Mm-hmm. When we're under spiritual attack, I'm guilty of this too, we open doors to him. We give him access to the nail. Oh, absolutely! So we can put rotting corpses on it to make our home unlivable. Mm-hmm. Right? We've got to we've got to stop giving him access like that. You give him a little bit of a foothold, and it won't be long, and he'll make the entire dwelling unlivable. Yeah. He'll be very careful about the, the entry ways we give him into our life. Whether that's through you know movies or medium or you know what I mean, our our day to day living. There's a lot of ways that you can open doors up to the demonic and to the enemy. He'll be very very careful with that. Speaking from experience,
0: because
3: it will open up to attacks
0: absolutely I just noticed what c- cup you had there mm.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. it kind of fits your name doesn't it it
1: does I do care for the coffee from there but um, oh. yeah, like what, what is
0: it Starbucks <laughs> coffee <laughs>
1: it's a great tumbler though.
0: <laughs> you got anything to add there
1: You know, sometimes I don't think we realize that we have opened the door. I think there's a lot of folks out there, including myself sometimes, I know including myself, that opening that door, you don't know why it's being opened. You don't know what you're letting in. I I really think you need to be able to identify those doors. And to do that, I think the only way for me, anyway, is to stay in the Word and keep reading Mm-hmm. Keep being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, um, like today I had a bunch of auto, audible credits, and I texted Carl. I said, "Hey, you know, who's that guy you were talking about the other day?" I picked up a couple of his books, and it was right on the mark. Some of the stuff he was saying because I only got to listen an hour or so of one. And uh, we have to be we have to do our due diligence in life. Because mm-hmm. as Bob said. That Good old devil, he's just gonna most two words don't go together, but are just going to try and divert you get you off the narrow path from underneath the tent, down in the middle of the field by yourself where you think, okay, I gotta take over and I gotta go. Well, that's the door right there you just opened up mm-hmm. because your focus is not solely on where it needs to be. The splinter focus, you can't laser focus in on something.
0: I know we touched on it before earlier, the resting part. Like when we're resting, we don't think we're doing anything. I'm super a hundred thousand million percent guilty of that because I could sit down for five minutes. And then I start tapping my finger on something, and then like I stand up, and then I'm, walk- I'm pacing back and forth. And I'm like, I know there's something to do. There has to be. And it's not really truly resting.
3: No.
2: Right? Okay. But you have to make sure that you're also not trying to either create something mm-hmm. or try and find something that's something that's not there. Right. Because he says we need to rest. Right. I mean, you know, Carl's talked about it a lot with the Sabbath and how it is not, not really, and it's not done anymore. It's not something that's, you know, honored and everything else and those are those days of rest and everything to where it's needed. It's needed for your physical body and your spirit, you know, because it's not saying take a break from everything, you know, it's not saying anything of that and we have to remember that those times where we don't have anything that's him coming in to say, "You need this rest." Right. You know because we we know and we're living in a time right now of seeing all of the war, uh, warfare around us hitting every single one of us in this table in different ways. You know, but when you know when you have six people and you're like everybody here can see something's hitting mm-hmm. individually and the other people it's hitting. That's pretty hardcore. Right. I mean, again, we all know no coincidences. You know, so it's, it, it's coming.
0: Right. I mean,
2: and in some cases, it's here. And mm-hmm. it, you know, we have to be very, very careful on everything, you know, that, we're, that we are. Like Carl said, that door that we're opening, you know, because sometimes I know before I've let the garage door open, you know, not just like the little doggy door. It's been like right. big, hardcore thinking, oh, I'm, I'm good.
3: And you No, know, let me show you how wrong you are. So. Yeah, I leave my garage door cracked for the cat. You know, you see a possum come in and you think, oh, it's just a little possum, no big deal. You know, then the next morning, your entire garage is turned upside down. It doesn't take much. Right. To, it doesn't take much to wreck your house. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, going back to rest, I think the couple dangers of neglecting rest, restlessness will often lead you to pursuing things that he's not calling you to. Because that way you talked about, Ryan, that need to do something. Because I'm guilty of that, too. Like, I'll do something that I know he's called me to do, and five minutes after I'm done doing I'm like, well, what now? I've got to be doing something. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... It's like you you don't just rest in the victory of doing the one thing he called you to do that day. It's like right to the next thing. No. Right to the next thing. And often it's not even something he's telling me to do. Right. And I know, from my aspect, too,
2: is it's one of those that we were there before. We were there, going, 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 not looking for the rest or wanting the rest or taking the rest or anything and then the world shut down and then we totally lost that fire mm-hmm. so now it's like okay it's, it's back we're trying to make sure we're rekindling and we're keeping it stoked and we're doing all of these things Tonight, so now you kind of get that same thing you're like wait there's like not somewhere to, to go for a day or two or in you know Lord, Lord forbid we have a weekend that you know what I mean uh, you know, in our, in our minds, it's like, oh, then it's everything's going to
0: die out. Yeah, because the world is go, go, go. Yeah. Right. Right. But also on the flip side of that, like when the world shut down and we were go, 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 go. And then we rested. And then we still rested. Right. And then we still rested because we started, we we were still, so we got comfortable in the rest.
2: Yeah. So we were still on fire. So in our homes was probably one of the best times ever because it's like, we've got this dedicated time to where we're talking about God. We're living life for God. We're going through this and not even going through the motions. We're actually, we're studying the Bible with our kids more. We're talking more about God and the things that we, how we should live our lives. And then how long did that last?
0: Longer than it should have,
2: you know. I mean, I mean, the, those conversations and stuff lasted for a while, but then the time frame kept yeah. kicking out, and it's like, oh, and then got to a point where it was like, are you even doing it anymore? Mm-hmm. Are you even having the same Bible studies with your kids, with your wives, praying with them, and all of this stuff, or has that just now fallen by the wayside because you're still home with them? That that hasn't changed because right. how long that went, you know, so.
0: What?
4: <laughs> I don't know. You know, honestly, the world didn't shut down. No. People, even though that, that that stay-at-home order was there, people were like, oh, I'm at home. Let's go get stuff done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So there were still people out running around. Guaranteed. But there were still people working. I can tell you my business went from... A steady pace to out of control just like that and to this day it is still out of control I it just it just amazes me how people just want to go 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 and, and the thing is is nobody has patience no more nobody has respect anymore it's all about me It's all about me. It's all about me. I need it now. I need it now. I need it now.
0: And we need to go here, and then we need to go here, and then we need need to go here. We need to get this done. We need to get
4: this done. And I need it done right now.
0: Yeah. You know, but,
4: and that there, right there is a proven fact that the devil will busy your life just so you can't focus on God. I mean, he is—he has got this world in hypersonic speed, because—and that's where he wants to keep him. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just absolutely busting 100 mile an hour all day long every day, where's your focus going to be? Sure ain't going to be on God. Right. It's going to, and it sure ain't going to be on anything that's going off to the side. Right. Your tunnel vision, whatever, whatever it is that, uh, whatever it is that. You know, yeah. you think you need to get done. Yeah, and it does not matter who gets in your way, what's what's going on. It's got to be me right now.
0: And it's got to be done right now, and it's got to be,
4: be right at our fingertips. Yeah, all the time. So you know, I mean, our world shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because they wasn't letting people go to church. You know, they they wanted the churches to shut down. They wanted they didn't want any social thing going on. You know, and you know that that could go. You could look at that in two different aspects. Yep. You know, did God want that to happen, or did God not want that to happen? Did the
0: devil do it? You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. they're, they're because far. because like things of this world aren't bad. We make it bad. Right. But, in some cases, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Thank you for clarifying that for me. But you know what? It
3: honestly. I'm going.
0: No. Uh, but that's a good side to look at too maybe we were getting so busy and I right. was like well, let's pump the brakes a little bit Yeah. Mm-hmm. but then us knowing us we took it the opposite way and the devil was like okay cool you guys want to okay. push the gas pedal a little bit here here's a brick we're going all the way to the floor yeah.
3: well and you know what really it highlighted for me to be honest with you is with every passing day the churches get more and more lawless Mm-hmm. They get more and more entrenched in the theology that just despises the Most High's Commandments. But the this, this second, a government system controlled by Satan said, stop going to church? Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. We'll stay home. Yeah. They obeyed every nonsense rule that a satanic system told them to follow. But when it comes to God's instructions, no, we don't need that. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's very troubling to me. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Yes. Because,
0: you know, it just...
4: Yeah, that's definitely not focusing on God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is not.
0: Yeah. And it, and that is troubling because it, it went quick to yeah. the wayside. Yeah. Like lightning speed
4: quick. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is most of the time, if if you shut a church, if, if a person doesn't go to, if a person does not go to church two weeks in a
3: row, chances are they're not going back. Yeah.
0: Statistics show.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The church is unconnected. A couple of the churches I'm connected to with their leadership and stuff. After that, the, those people never came back. Right, the vast majority never came back in the door.
4: See, and that's that's where that's where ninety nine percent of the churches failed is they should have had some sort of contact with their whole congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have been. You sh- they should have been calling them every day. Should have been talking every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I understand that that's hard to do. I get it. I do. I really do. But if if that's all you got to do. You know what I'm saying? If 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 you're leading the church and that's all you've got to do,
3: you should be contacting your people. If especially if you're getting paid for it, if you're getting paid like your full time job as preacher or pastor, then you darn sure better well be pastoring. <laughs> yes. and not be saying it's too difficult for me. Right, right. You I mean, it but it could
0: But and it also could be the pastors that fall into the burnout stage two. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very I mean, yeah. You know, it happens. Just because of everybody else dropping the ball, per se, or not dropping the ball, right? The, uh, don't take it out of context, but like, they put Bowl. it they put it more on their plate or on their shoulders yeah. than what needs to be done. And then burnout happens. Yes, I've got an example for you. Yeah. I know
4: a guy. Okay. He done a church from 11 to 18 there was supposed to be two other guys help that church in that church they are supposed to, they were supposed to trade out on days of you know a, a pastor pastor yeah. yeah well one guy only done it from 2011 to 18 in the last couple years he was so burnt out that he just uh, he just couldn't function and you know, and then and I know for a fact God was telling him that he needed to quit.
0: But he's like Quit as in hanging up or quit as in you need to take a break. Need to take a break. Okay. He needed to take a break. But he's like, oh no, I
4: this church. This church needs to keep going. This church needs to keep going. So he just kept going. And then finally God's like, oh, okay, we're done. You know, and, and he knew that. He finally realized that God said, Hey, it was time for him to stop. So he decided to shut it down and then he went to help another
0: church. I think I know that guy. You do? <laughs> I think so. You think you might? Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll call him David. There you go. All right. David.
4: <laughs> David. But uh yeah, I mean, you know, you just gotta you just gotta know when god tells you to stop you got to know when to take that rest yeah and not keep trying to trudge forward because you know honestly it's it's like wrestling god yeah because you're trying to push him and you're trying to push a force that you shouldn't push. You, you you can't push him mm-hmm. you can't do it kind i don't care, it. care how much you try you're going to end up with a hitch in your giddy up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but yeah I mean
0: when he tells you to stop when he tells you to rest rest yeah because if you don't and you keep going best case scenario is burnout yeah right oh, yeah. yeah best case best, best case. case yes most likely it's going to be the other way but more so what are do you doing more so though it was the burnout hatred Bitterness, bitterness, Bitterness. right? Like worry, stress, like all the things, Mm -hmm. all the box of gimmicks, right? (laughs) Like yeah, all of them. And then
4: then you just per se just start checking the boxes. You just show up, do your thing, and leave. Right. That's what that guy done most for the last two years. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew what he he knew what the job was. He knew it had to be done. But yet God was saying, nope, you need to stop. You need to rest. You need to allow it. whatever happens. Trust me in what's going to happen. Right. But at the end, he finally
3: figured that out. That's why I'm so opposed to the way we structure church, the way it's evolved, especially in America, where it's one pastor and one preacher at the top and everybody below that because it just puts too much on one guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Just for one thing, you're only getting one perspective every week, and yes. that's never good. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't think any church should be just one pastor or one person preaching or one person teaching. You know what I mean? It should be a, a group of <laughs> no. individuals that are that are trusted to do that. For one thing, it encourages people to grow, mm-hmm. to get to that point where they can they can help guide others, you know what I mean, and have a calling for themselves. But also, it doesn't put too much pressure on that one individual at the top. Right. So eventually, well, either the thing collapse is, is, under or... Go ahead. No, go ahead.
4: No, go no. ahead. The thing is, is, is when we see them individuals... Like that, we need to go talk to them. We need to we need to make them understand, you know, because you can put, you can you can take so much bad in that it's going to start affecting you one way or another. It's going to burn you out, like Ronnie said. It's going to wear you down. It's going to make you tired, you know. And I know another guy like that right now. I do know another guy like that. We just you know, he he's got a lot going. On. He's got a lot on his plate. And he just needs to, he needs to slow down, but I don't think he knows how. Right. You know, he's he's kind of like, I see me right there. That's what I see. Yeah. You know. Same. He's trudging forward. He just keeps, and he's pushing against God, I think. Don't get me wrong. He loves the Lord. I know he
0: does. I know he does. But he's fighting God. He's also, I think, it's because I know the guy too, Yeah. but I think it's like me, right? I'll say I'm the guy in this scenario, right? So you're trudging forward, you're trudging forward, you're trudging forward. You don't want to rest yeah, because you're afraid of the things, right? You don't want to say it, but you're afraid that the ball is going to get dropped here or this is going to fall through the cracks here. And so then you don't allow yourself to rest. Well, that's that's me. That's
3: something else I was going to add, too, is that setting it the system up like that, it, it gets the person at the top of the point where they don't even trust other people to carry tasks. So even if somebody is called to carry a certain task, they don't trust that person enough to just let them do it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not good either. It's not necessarily their fault. I think they're a victim of that system. You know, I, I don't think hours. it's more of a trust.
4: I think it's more of... Accessibility? Accessibility or... or where the where Satan's come in is like, oh you need all the control. Yeah. You need to control every situation. But you can't control every situation. No. Not at all. You can't right. you
3: control it. That's dangerously close to trying to take the place at the most high. Yeah. Dangerously close to that and I'm guilty of that.
0: We all are. For example here, we'll use an analogy. It's not a good long story like Carl's usually is. But in this situation You wanna tell a parable? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, like, the church is a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a hospital, typically speaking, I don't care if you're in Podunk, Missouri, or if you're in New York, New York, and you go to the hospital, how many receptionists are there? One. <laughs> how many are there supposed to be? Lots. Right. Yeah. One who does their job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same way. Like, like the system. I think you're talking about, Carl, is like there's there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. as to where that one receptionist isn't working seven days a week, three sixty five. Right. And feels guilty because she has a sniffle and can't come in.
3: Yes right yeah the best description I ever, I ever read is, there's a book I have and they, you know they said that typically the church is built on a pyramidal structure when it should be built upon a flat line of horizontal relationships yeah I mean, you rarely see that anymore you rarely see that flat line anymore where it should be I'm not saying that there, are, there aren't different people with leadership ability roles and things like that to right. guide newer newer believers along but it shouldn't be quite so steep of a pyramidal structure
0: that we have now with one peak right you know what I mean yeah Mike, are you taking it all in?
1: I was just thinking about what Carl said. You know, how many times somebody wants to do something in the church and they get shut down by the higher ups? Uh, that could be a form of spiritual warfare right there. You know, if this person wants to do more and has time to do more, whatever the case may be, but because they don't fall within that clique, they're not given a chance to go out and be a disciple. They need to be. Mm -hmm. I just think that we need to lean on each other and trust that the Lord will put somebody in the spot that they need to be to do what needs to be done.
3: Yeah, and be selfless enough to lift other people up in their calling rather than just being so focused on our own that we just, we only want to lift ourselves up. Right.
1: But I think the inherent problem with that situation is that we, we were the human race understands the pyramid very well. They don't understand horizontal very well. You know, they, they just don't. Because I think even we wouldn't want to admit it, people want to put everybody into a class somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking economics, I'm just talking it could be a social class, it could be anything. Because we like order in our lives, because that's what God made us. We we like we like, to, we like to have order. We like, know, okay, something went wrong. Go to step B. Step B. Who's in charge of step A? We, we've got to be able to see that hierarchy, and that's that's I think part of the problem with it.
0: Yeah, and plus we all like like skyscrapers, right? Like they go up because they don't go left or right. So then we can put another skyscraper up. That's 345 feet up in the air, or floors up in the air, yeah. right? I want to circle back, though, to what Silent Ron said so silently when Bob was talking about the hitch in the giddy-up. And he asked you, did he put a hitch in your giddy-up, Mike?
1: The good Lord?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he broke my leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it was. I mean, I was so busy making... What I thought was a good life. I'd already been saved. I was going to a church there in St. Peter's and thought I was doing everything I needed. I am busy, you know. Children's ministry, going to church Sundays and Wednesdays. My job kept me focused on that. The focus, again, back to where I started. Focus is everything. Without focus, you, you don't keep your eye on the ball. It's the reason we have saints... Like that, eye on the ball, focus. It's because we know what we need to do. And if we take our eye off that ball, just for a second, a one-degree shift can change everything. Mm -hmm. That's part of spiritual warfare. Staying in the middle, eye on the ball, the Lord is everything, stay there. I mean, how many of us growing up could could, uh, recite songs... lyrics to your favorite songs I still can't me too right (laughs) yeah for whatever reason I can't I can't quote scripture after scripture I can tell you about it but I can't quote it why is that is the was the focus my focus learning the song more important than my focus of learning the word I I don't have an answer for that I, I struggle with that one that one's mine
4: Start singing the scripture and it'll start sticking in your head then. Mm-hmm. Put it to a melody. Put it to a melody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but if you heard me sing that would help either.
4: You <laughs> don't sing it to us, <laughs> sing it to
3: yourself. <laughs> Most of those songs that you can quote, could you could you explain what the writer meant by it?
1: Not a chance.
3: But the scriptures that you can't necessarily quote, can you can you do a pretty good job explaining what the writer meant by it?
1: Yes. Which is more, Most important. It's more important. True. It's more important. I know it's perspective. I just for me it's all about focus anymore. That's that's where my, that's what I'm focusing on every day.
0: I think Bob and Mike were there at this time, but we Mike alluded to the go 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 that we had. The nonstop uh, I'll use your phrase again, Carl, the balls to the wall, right? And I had a heart t- original to me. I know. <laughs> 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 you brought it up, though. But, but you're the one to put them there. and I had a, and I had a heart attack yeah. right yeah I had that heart attack or a heart attack my second one I guess and I truly believe that was God saying you need this rest but him knowing me and loving me I flew through that yield sign and just kept going oh yeah
1: no, I'm, I'm very guilty. And I
0: had Starbucks in in the hospital room at, that night, actually. What? So, just yes. No, five guys actually. it was a big greasy burger. We're kind of them, so. big, yeah, no. When they brought this bag in, that grease was just dripping yeah. out. Yeah. I, like one of our friends said, they rooted it out. It was good to go after that, right? But I, but that's it. That's the all the signs were there. And then there was that drastic moment mm-hmm. that you needed to slow down. The tack strips were across the highway. Mm-hmm. You got the flat tires. Yeah, but she's running on run flat. And, yeah. and, and, and then you called your pit crew to hurry up and put the tires back on so you can go again.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, that, that hitching the giddy up thing, we were talking about some reference to, to Jacob wrestling mm-hmm. wrestling with the angel on the board and having mm-hmm. his hip wrenched out of socket. And on the other podcast, we had talked about that once. I think you were on that one, right, Ronnie? Yep. And our buddy Chris, that's on that one, said something that I loved. I asked, why do you think he broke his hip? Why do you think God broke Jacob's hip? And he said it was super simple, but I think it's so profound. So he'd stop running from God. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He had to He had to slow him down. He had to force him to stop running.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think that's often what it is. When, right. when, when God allows those sort of attacks and strife to come into our world, I think it's to get us to stop sure, running from him. Yep. I'm going to go back to when you was talking about the
4: church suppressing you. Yes. When you said that the church suppresses people from their calling. You know, I mean, yes, they do that. But if you allow them to suppress you or keep you from doing your calling, that's your fault. Because you don't need permission from that church to do God's will. See what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I do, but I think most people adhere to some form of authority, and that's where the problem lies. The church is not the authority. Right. Jesus Christ and and the Lord, a Father, is the authority. And if we could learn to say, you know what, that's not biblical, and you're in your word, you know it, to whomever it may be or whatever you're dealing with, that's where we need to get to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be the ultimate fight in the spiritual warfare, knowing your yeah. armor of God is on you.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there has to be guidelines, right? Right. Guardrails, right? Because right? right. you don't want somebody to go to the local school and be like, Hey, I'm going to be a fourth grade teacher. Right. Do you got your degree? Nope, but I s- slept in a Super 8 last night, you know? <laughs> exactly. And then there it is. Just like this. Like, you don't want somebody just to start doing it when they just started following two weeks ago, right? You don't want them to actually become the leader. Yes. Can they and will they and are they supposed to be called there? Sure. In time. But it takes time, though.
3: It depends on how we're setting up the guardrails too, though. If right. you reference that, you know those books that you bought, they're from A.W. Tozer, and if he had if he had surrendered to the guardrails that the church had established, we wouldn't have an A.W. Tozer. He wouldn't have even been allowed to preach because he never got a degree. Right. Because we set up the wrong guardrails. I think it's a problem. Church authority often sets up the wrong guardrails. They don't lean on Scripture. They they often lean on Bible college. Yeah, and right? that's Where what I was. was thinking. Yeah,
4: you, right. you can't allow. You can't allow. Somebody in the higher up in the churches to try to snuff out what God's called you to do. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm you know, and call me a rebel or whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Radical. I, uh, I think you're rad. I'm radical, maybe, <laughs> but I am not going to sit there and allow somebody to try to dictate what I know that God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna do it. I'm sorry. It just, you know, ain't gonna happen. That, but that's the way God designed me. And
0: that's what well, you That's, that's why I was trying to, to make the, the elementary level of analogy. Right. Was we like. Super 8 was in room 4. <laughs> no, eight from
4: no four, I'm saying. Are like, okay,
0: like I'm if if you me. wake up one day and you want to be an elementary teacher and you go do it, but the school says no you're still going to pursue to be the elementary teacher. Right. You're just not going to be like, well, I guess I'm going to go work at Walmart now or whatever, whatever right? Like right. you're not going to give up the thing that you think that you're called to do. Right. right. Don't give up your calling because somebody tries to put those. But the
4: right. right. The right. thing is, is if God's calling you to do that, he is going to equip you with everything you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've I'll seen that. How when you are. How old of a Christian you are or whatever. Right. He's gonna equip you with everything you need. And we've seen that time and time we've again, right? right. Time and time, yes. In the Bible. Yep. And I've also seen I've also seen churches snuff people out too like that, you know. Just kills their fire. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Drenches it with water. Just mm-hmm. takes it right out of them. <laughs> just takes the winds right out of their sails.
1: That's really what I was talking about. Yeah. That fire being put out.
4: Yeah. But you know, if if it's something you know that God's calling you to do, that's what I'm getting at. It shouldn't be stopped by it's that. Sh- No, it should not be stopped by whoever is trying to dictate whatever.
0: Right.
3: You're right, though. It's so hard to break it, that. It is that that trigger in our brain that says, "Well, this authority said no, so I have to surrender to that." You know, you know, we just have that that intrinsic need to be directed by some sort of authority. You know, and because we know that we should be directed by the most high, but often we're not looking to him. Right? We're looking to replacements. And if we're looking to the church to direct us, right. we're looking in the wrong place. The church is where we should we should gather to lift each other up and to uphold right. our callings, right? Yeah. It's not our authority. And, you know, too often I hear that advice given. I heard recently on the radio where somebody was calling in asking about, you know, I have this calling, what should I do? And the advice was to go to the church and basically get the permission. Right. No, that's. I'm sorry. That's all not all churches.
4: Ours. All the church is for is for everybody to come and corp- corporately worship. Right. That's it. That's right. it. Period. Done.
0: Well, let's pull the needle off the record on this one. Yeah, because we can talk about that all night long. Yep, and we've had an episode on this, so we'll call this part two. Actually, we'll call this rest part D. <laughs> part D. Final thoughts <laughs> going around the table. How about you, medium-sized Mike?
2: Well, <clears throat> this isn't mine. It's actually from Revelation 3, and I actually saw this today, and uh, it hit. And I'm going to read from the uh, ESV version first, and then the, the way that I wrote, uh, read it. Um, and it's uh, Revelation three nineteen. It says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. And the way that it had come up on mine was, as many as I love, I correct. Absolutely. Which implies you're
3: doing something wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Bob, Carl? Mm. I didn't really get anything. Er, wrong answer, wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Incorrect well, I'm sorry, have we met?
0: <laughs> Alright, how about this We'll give you time to think We'll come back to you <laughs> After this commercial break No, I'm just <laughs> kidding Carl?
3: What's your back last couple of weeks have been pretty discouraging for me to be honest with you Like even before we came to this topic I was feeling a lot of spiritual attack And uh, there's a lesson in it the, 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 There's two verses that really came up to me First was Matthew 6.33, and you referenced it earlier, Bob, you know, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. The other is Matthew 24.13, those who endure to the end will be saved. Those who endure will be, future tense, saved. It's so hard to endure when you're under attack, mm-hmm. right? And endurance doesn't imply perfection. He knows the imperfect. We strive for perfection, right? He knows we're going to stumble. He's talking about holding on to your faith. There, I believe, and I think the one leads to the other. You know, endurance is hard, especially when we're suffering tragedy or heartache or attack or failure. Right. Mm-hmm. The way we build our endurance, though, is seeking Him first. That's what naturally builds an endurance because it's got to come from somewhere other than ourselves. We don't have enough on our own. It's got to come from Him, and that can only come from putting Him first. You guys ever heard of the movie Ben Hur? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a classic Charlton Heston movie It's a really cool story I'm not going like, to give the whole synopsis for the film But it, it, it leads up to this big epic Chariot race And to make it more authentic Originally they were going to use a stunt double For Charlton Heston for the charioteer But they wanted it to be authentic so you could tell that it was really him doing it. So they put him through training. But Charles Heston agreed to, to drive the chariot himself, which is really hard, by the way. Oh, I'm That's sure. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. There's a lot of learning involved in that. So he went through training on that for several weeks. And when he was done, the director was Cecil B. DeMille. He came to the director and he said, you know, I can drive the chariot, but I, I don't think I can win the race. right?" And Cecil B. DeMille smirked at him and says, you just stay in the race and I'll make sure you win. I think that's what, what endurance is for us. We we think that we have to win. And I think the Father's telling us, listen, you just hold on, hold on to me as best you can and stay in the race, and I'll make sure you win. He'll carry us through. We've just got to trust him through it and seek him first. Good
0: Mike.
1: Pretty quiet tonight. I, I, I don't have much on the subject other than uh, you know, I've been fighting a few things like Carl too, but for me, it's all about focus, and that—that's what I'm trying to trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual warfare is real; it's out there, and we need to band together as followers of Christ and help each other mm-hmm. when we recognize that one of our brethren is in trouble. That's what we need to do. That's that's my end thought.
4: Rob, okay. If you all will reference back to Second Peter from last night that we done at our Bible study, at the very end he was talking about false teachers. Well, he's actually talking about false teachers to the whole thing. Right. But uh, you know, if if you really think about it, we got a lot of false stuff in our lives. You know, and the thing is, is you know, we know God's there for us, and we should look to Him for the truth all the time, first and foremost. You know, but as uh, also he also gives us that endurance to finish the race. So I'm actually going to read. Who I was. I'm going to read Second Timothy four, seven and eight, which says, "I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award to me." On that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. You know, I think uh, endurance is where it's. That that endurance, that's where it's at. You know, we got to fight that good fight. We got to finish that race, and we got to do it in His truth. Mm
0: -hmm. God's the only way. Put Him first. I'm gonna, mine I'm gonna go back to Elijah laying down at the broom tree right he's tired he's ready to give up he's ready to just call it quits right and God sends an angel not more problems not more things of the earthly world but the angel and like I said before and tells him to take a nap and eat Elijah obeys takes the nap eats gets up from the nap and the angel says no eat he eats and he rests some more It hits us a lot, and in whatever avenue that you want, because sometimes all you need to do is take in that bread, that donut, that pizza—I don't care—that apple pie, apple pie, so <laughs> whatever—to nourish your body and the rest. Yeah. Just a calming peace for a minute. And I think all of us at the table, the listeners, whatever, like you have to find that quiet spot. Yeah. Hopefully it's not under a broom tree in December, right? Yeah. But is it your car? Is it a closet? Is it a room? Is it a walk? I tried that. <laughs> I almost got arrested for <laughs> If you stop flipping handles, you'd be all right. (laughs) But you you just have to find... There's no blanket answer, right? right? Right. Whatever that quote-unquote war room... Whatever gives you peace. Prayer closet, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it. I'm sure God doesn't care what you call it. Just find it. And then when you find it... Use it. And I'm not talking like, uh, well, we're going to store more stuff in it and then we're going to keep storing more stuff in it. Like, actual use it. Use it like you use your phone. Use it like you drive your car. Make it a part of your routine. I don't care if you got to set an alarm on your phone. Right? It's intentional. Be intentional. Sorry, got off on a tangent there for a second.
1: <laughs> good. It's
0: all good. Join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Um, if you want to go long form with us and tell us some stories, because we like stories. Have questions for us, comments, email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. Here coming up, October 22nd from 3 two, 8 is the all broken conference part duh that's for Chris by the way he loves it <laughs> and it's a good time if you want tickets go to eventbrite.com and then just search all broken conference and then it'll pop up if there are tickets left they will be sold at the door I haven't said that but it's not like we're going to push anybody away right Come one, come all. Do do I need to do a PT Barnum thing? You know, like that's it. Um, We have some amazing things lined up, I think, and some amazing speakers, and it'll be a good time to get together and worship God and have a good time. Bob, you've been off the hook the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Would you like to pray us out? Absolutely.
4: Most gracious heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we just uh, we just stand before you, humble Father. Father, we know it's you that gets us through these spiritual warfare's. Father, we know that you've given us that full armor of God to put on to be able to use, Father, to to get rid of them fiery darts, to just let them bounce off. But, Father, also, we know you give us endurance. And, Father, we just know that you love us. I just pray that this week, Father, we can go out and just keep you first and foremost on our minds, put you first in everything. And, Father, we just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And until next time.
4: Welcome to ministry. Catch you on the flip side.